genre. Hello and welcome back to The Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cass Fredrickson. Today on the show, we'll be discussing Seasons of Fear, the eighth Doctor's eighth story. This is a big finish audio special that we listened to on Spotify, uh, first recorded in 2002. Yeah. It's, uh, it is available on Spotify, so if, you're, if you want to listen along, um, by all means. Uh, so this is written by uh, Caroline Sincox and Paul Cornell. I don't know for oh. sure. I, haven't, I, I, I couldn't find any That's information. That's his wife, right? What's that? That's his wife, right? They're married. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Nice. Um. So uh, I, I, I'm not the thing I'm unsure about, though, is uh, whether or not this is Paul Cornell's first writing gig for Big Finish. Um, it's early mm. enough that it's possible because it's only the 30th Big Finish Doctor Who release. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it may, may very well be his first uh, Big Finish writing gig. Um, so this is probably also the first time that he's written something for Doctor Who that was actually performed by a Doctor Who actor um so that's kind of uh that's kind of exciting yeah um this is directed by gary russell who is uh you know a big finish part of their um part of their crew and uh yeah so i i don't know i'm curious i don't really have a lot of background on this one um you know like we do like what what is the background for a big finish audio thing (laughs) um but uh, I am curious what you guys thought of this one. I had no memory of it by name. And then as soon as I started listening to it, I remembered which one this was. Seasons of Fear. Written by Paul Cornell and Caroline Simcox. Directed by Gary Russell. Produced by Gary Russell and Jason Hayalary. Released March 25th, 2002. The Doctor and Charlie finally keep a long-standing appointment in Singapore, New Year's Eve, 1930. There they meet Sebastian Grail, a ruthless immortal that, while a stranger to them, claims to be an old enemy of the Doctor. The Doctor and Charlie set out on a madcap journey through time and space to uncover the secret of Grail's immortality and his obsession with destroying the Doctor. With each step on their journey, from the streets of ancient Rome to the time vortex from the opening of the show, The Doctor and Charlie drive their foe beyond the peak of badness and eventually push him off a cliff or something. I already forgot. After defeating Grail, however, Lucy Martin, an ally the Doctor and Charlie met back in 1806, is killed by a mysterious, energy-consuming creature from another universe who happens to sound a lot like Charlie. It's it's bad guy, girl in the fireplace. I remember this. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it you know I I I I had a good time uh, re-listening to this for the most part. I think that it's a uh, personally I think it's a little repetitive, um, but the last part is really good. Uh, part four, um, I really like a lot. So what did what what, what did you guys think, uh, Cass? What did, did you have you ever heard this before? Um, I don't know that I had. If I have, I have stricken it from my memory. Um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that you say that. <clears throat> You like part four because I think I like the first couple parts of this more than the last couple parts of it. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was fine. I guess. Yeah. It's 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 okay. It was better yeah. than that other one. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a lot of fun with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I there were there was so much, uh, there were so many fun moments between the Doctor and Charlie that just made this it really made me it really uh it felt like a romp but actually i had this thought that I, i've never 
thought about Doctor Who working as a movie. Remember that rumor back in the day mm-hmm. that Eleven was so popular that they were going to make like a feature length movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that this kind of story is using the strengths of Doctor Who to fit kind of like one single narrative. I, I liked how he was him bopping back and forth mm-hmm. to these big, dynamic, different areas, chasing like one villain mm-hmm. who has a lot of weird thematic similarities to the. It almost had like kind of a Star Trek Into Darkness vibe. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the best example for a lot of people, but like. <laughs> The, the, the doctor the doctor like chasing down this one guy and like they have duels and they have mm-hmm. sword fights mm-hmm. and he's like you said bad bad guy girl in the fireplace where it's like like a good villain you can kind of see where his pain is coming from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i agree with Cass that actually it, it kind of got away from me by episode four mm. but um i don't know i think like i just had it got a little uh, but then i really like the ending like the climax was like bad guy christmas carol yeah mm. right uh, and I thought, that was, oh, that's really cool. And it's like the doctor being the doctor and not just like, you know, an action hero. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I, I, the best parts for me were just all the funny little moments between the doctor and Charlie. I think their chemistry is really fun in this. Yeah. Um, Charlie yeah. was really good in this. Um, yeah. Charlie it, is really good in this. Um, there's also a lot of, I, I didn't re- realize how important this episode was in the story of Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that blew me away i didn't know any of that oh yeah yeah um so there's like you know we get the setup of zagreus which i think is a season two um charlie eighth doctor like season two story but it's set up i think in neverland no zagreus is like the uh, the episode 50 like the 50th release right yeah because it's like four and a half hours long or something right right uh zagreus is i mentioned the story listener as like a a scary like boogeyman and a Gallifrey and bedtime story mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the doctor was told as a kid. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're setting that up, which I'm, I'm relieved about just because I didn't realize how close we were to, uh, Zagreus. I thought that was like ways away. Mm. Um, because when I listened to this before I popped around. And so I didn't realize that I wasn't skipping that many stories, I think, um, as I, as I thought I was, uh yeah so like i'm glad i'll I'll be happy to be on the other side of zagreus um because we're that much closer to to lisa miller um it's like from scott book yeah no lucy 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 miller, right? lucy miller yeah oh. lucy miller um i was thinking yeah i think you're right i think i was thinking scott Pilgrim <laughs> is where my, where my brain went but yeah we're that much closer to lucy miller who's like my favorite uh um, there's lucy in this story there is not that one lucy mm-hmm. with an ie Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm into it already. <laughs> um, uh, Lucy bleeding Miller. Um, so uh, yeah, I yeah, the Charlie stuff was really good. I liked all of the sort of uh, tie back into her. It, it's interesting because Charlie is really is like the original Impossible Girl. Yeah, yeah. The episode opens with the Doctor kind of like having some second thoughts about like oh my gosh like i don't regret saving charlie's life but like what if there's a cost that i hadn't thought about yeah Mm -hmm. to like the timeline yeah yeah and and it's and he's but he's also like freaked out about it because he's like wait but i save people all the time why does this one matter Mm -hmm. like what is so important about this one yeah i'm also kind of down a noble yeah yeah um it's uh it, i don't know it's just it poses some really interesting questions i really like the villain i like that the art the arc that the villain goes through in this i like that by the time we get to the end of the villain's timeline this dude who becomes immortal um that you know it's he i, I you know by the time we get to the end of it he's like older than the doctor Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that's really interesting the idea of like oh he started out of just like a regular human who's like you know twenty and then <laughs> becomes immortal and then by the time you get to the end of his uh storyline um in part four he's like fourteen hundred years old or something like that mm-hmm. um it's crazy uh I really think that that's cool it's it's um it reminds me a little bit of um the centurion kind of thing where it's yeah, like yeah. where it's like you know i'm gonna take the tardis from from a to b but you're gonna live from a to b yeah and when i see you again you'll have lived like a thousand years mm-hmm. you know um so that kind of sucks sorry uh <laughs> 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 but 
but I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I thought all that stuff was a lot more interesting than like the cult stuff. Yeah. Well, the cult stuff, I don't know if you guys clocked this. Yes, oh, the I Hellfire? did. Yeah, yeah. The, clock, the cult stuff comes from Minuet and Hell. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a sense memory as soon as they mentioned the Hellfire. Club. I know I had like a flashback to us recording that episode like three times. Yeah, <laughs> that nightmare of an episode, um, like bad fanfic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if Buffy was in a Hellraiser movie? It was in a Hellraiser movie. Yeah, God, what a nightmare. Um, one of the worst big finish audios I've ever heard. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked. Uh, there were there were a lot of moments where, like, I don't know. Like, eight was in fine form. Like, there was a part where he was just like bats, and he just runs off chasing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, there. Sh- it should be noted that the the hat that he's wearing at the beginning. Uh-huh. I don't know if they said this, but like, apparently the intention was that he was wearing the fifth doctor's hat. Oh, that's what he was wearing. Oh, like the fifth doctor's like little bucket hat. Yeah, his little bucket hat. Oh my like god, the, adorable! The red stripe. Yeah, because there's a comic adaptation of this story, and that's the hat that he's wearing. Oh, oh. cute! And so they get to have like a little, a little bit more of a visual reference there. Um, he uh, he says both fantastic and Geronimo in different mm-hmm. parts of the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's funny the. Uh, TARDIS wiki that I was looking at, they were like, it was like, he says Geronimo, which becomes a, a, a uh, common catchphrase in the in the 11th Doctor's era. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he said it twice. I don't think, I think they were trying to make Geronimo happen, but I don't think it ever did. I think I like Geronimo more than the Fez stuff, but maybe it's because yeah. they didn't beat the Geronimo thing to death. Yeah, that's true. Um, but well, the Geronimo thing was just, I think the reason they didn't pick up steam is because it's just derivative of Alon Z. Mm. which is vastly right. superior and feels like that doctor. Yeah. Whereas Geronimo, <laughs> I, it know. made, it made sense. You know what it is? It made sense at first because it was like, he was brand new. Right. It made sense in beast below because he was having fun. Right. But then beast below happens. Right. It sucks the Geronimo right out of him. No. Yeah. <laughs> sucks the Geronimo. 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 <laughs> Um, Cass, what did you think of the use of the ni- the Nymon? The ni- the, ni- the, the Nymon? Nymon? Um, Nymon? it's Nymon? been so long since I watched that episode. So, like, really, the only memory of that original episode, um, Horns of Nymon, is like the the dude, you know, the the dude with the beard, um, like our main antagonist. I don't know. He's um, yeah. Um, as far as the Nymon go, though, like. I found their voices so, uh, I found them really distracting. Mm. Um, and (laughs) I don't know, like the, the filter and, and they were very, very, um, deep. It was like absurd. So I was just like, I couldn't. I was convinced that it was a generic bad voice filter to disguise that it was the Daleks or something. Oh, the Daleks, which were in this. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was weird, too. Well, that's a that's a reference to an upcoming story. They accidentally like when, when they're like going through time chasing this guy, they end up in one of their other stories that's coming like two uh, stories from great. now. I love that. And I oh. had forgotten. Yeah. The Daleks in Rome. That's oh, a, yeah. Time of the Daleks. Mambo Italiano. <laughs> yeah. I, God, I can't wait. I had forgotten that Paul Cornell wrote this because I remember you mentioned it last episode mm-hmm. because the whole time, I don't know, this episode is so swift at playing with time travel and in that kind of fun way, like you were saying, like, you know, referencing episodes that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, that, that playfulness, it kind of pays off all the way to like twice upon a time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, that sureness of such like a wonky concept, like zipping through time and space. Yeah, for sure. I think I um, admire how um, ambitious this story is, as far mm-hmm. as like the scope. Um, and I think it's cute that they try to make the Nyman like scary, but ultimately, <laughs> I don't know that it works for me. So, looking at the Nyman now, like I am on Scott's computer, <laughs> they they look really cool. They have a really cool design to me. I like they kind of look like scarabs, like locusts, but in a big they they sounded just so mm-hmm. dumb. I you know <laughs> well that's a I think that's a that's a that's a thing that Big Finish struggles with. I think forever um, mm-hmm. is 
finding new ways for villains to sound because yeah, yeah. I think they, cause they don't have the visual to lean off of. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the Nyman, you know, I mean, you couldn't make a Nyman sound like a Dalek, but you could make it sound like literally every other beastie monster mm-hmm. in the show. And you wouldn't notice because you're looking at it. Yeah. But when you're just it, listening to it, right. When you're mm-hmm. just listening to it, it's you just have like... to figure out a way to make them sound different. And, and I think, that's a struggle that they have, I think, forever. Except um, with think... the Daleks, because the Daleks are so distinct, and like the right. Cybermen too, I think. And because yeah. uh, I'm thinking now, like, what do Doctor Who monsters sound like? And mm-hmm. the Centaurans, I bet, would also fit well. Sure, yeah, because they have like a speech pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jadoon, yeah, yeah the, the Jadoon have shown up as well, and I'm sure they sound great in audio. Um, Is but... there an audio angel story? That would be impossible, right? Yeah, I think that would be impossible. I I think there is. Actually, no, there is. I remember. Because they did that thing where it was uh, uh, new Who monsters mixed with classic Who doctors. Oh, that's fun. And so the the Jadoon, I think, were were with the eighth doctor. And I think the angels were like with like four or something. Mm -hmm. Um, With like Tom (laughs) Baker. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting. So another thing that's important to note about the Nyman uh, uh, Nick is that they are related in the same way the Sensorites, <gasps> yeah, and, yeah. and uh, the Sensorites and the Ood are related. They are related to that thing in the hotel, yeah, the, the God Complex, yeah, the God Complex, the, the Minotaur in the hotel. Yep. So inside of those husks is a Minotaur. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Space yeah. Minotaur. Instant top five <laughs> monsters. Yeah. yeah, that's a good episode. Yeah, it is. It is. He's the guy that I wish was show running the show now. Toby Woodhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what a world it would be. Yep. Well, we wouldn't have Graham. That's true. We wouldn't have Graham. Um, but overall, we might have a better show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cost. Yeah. I don't know. That's your um, doctor. That's my doctor origin story of like, what would I choose? Yeah. <laughs> He's worth it. Oh, People boy. are worth it. Um. So yeah, I I I just think that this story is really uh, solid. You know, I don't like it's like a it's like a solid like you know seven or eight out of ten kind mm. of story where you're like yeah nice it, good. It reminded me of like a movie like a summer movie or like a franchise movie mm-hmm. where okay I didn't love this plot but I love these characters mm-hmm. and they kind of made going on the journey more fun just like Star Trek and Detective yeah just like Star Trek and Detective. <laughs> <laughs> There was that part where the doctor's like, isn't this great, Charlie? Like, we know where we're going. We have our costumes. We're dressed in period. We did research. And she was like, yeah, we were in that monastery for like three weeks. It <laughs> <laughs> was good. There was that line about about how she's like, I went to an orgy once. Oh, my God. Stay. That made me laugh for like a minute. I had to pause. The delivery on that line is superb. It was so <laughs> yeah, funny. It's really good. <laughs> I didn't stay. I didn't stay. <laughs> I liked she that a... she, yeah, oh, no, she, the, her sword. Like, I liked that she, like, was like, oh, I'm excited to wear a dress, but I wish I had my cool sword that I picked up in ancient Rome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. the sword was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the reason why it felt a little repetitive to me is because it was a little, you know, it had, like, an anthology quality to it with each part being, like, having its own MacGuffin <laughs> all with, like, a grander you know, storyline about this yeah. guy. Again, um, you stop me, doctor, on my way to meet yeah. my glory. It was like a little mini uh uh the master John Pertwee season. <laughs> like mm. um which, you know, is fine, but I think the reason that it felt repetitive beyond just the fact that it was like literally repetitive in terms of like what they were doing, it was also I don't feel like they necessarily used the time periods as strongly as I wish they had in each of those storylines. Like it really just felt like he was kind of doing the same thing each time instead of like really leaning hard into that time period and the things that you could only do in that time period. Um, and like leaning into that and finding the the best story to tell within that time period, using the time period the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just felt like, oh, and now we're in Rome and now we're going to have an adventure that we could have literally had anywhere at any time, you know. Um, and I think that bothered me a little bit. I wish that I just wish that there they had better use of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, what it, you know, what it makes me think of is like kind of similar to what we were talking about with the creatures is visually. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I, I keep mentioning if this was like a, a feature length thing or whatever is like, I mean, it literally was. That's so. true. <laughs> but like, yeah, like visually like they're in Rome, they're in the 10 hundreds, but once they are there without the visual of aid of watching it while like just listening, I would forget. Yep. Until someone was like, oh, you dropped your mace. I'm like, oh, that's right. They're in medieval right. times. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely my issue as well. Um, our imaginations aren't powerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to continuously be powered by uh by by more references to it. Um to the thing. Dragon. Or uh, <laughs> our or our imagination batteries get uh dried out and we'll lose track of where we are. Um Yeah. Uh I but yeah, I think it's a cool idea for a story. I think it's interesting that Paul Cornell uh and and Caroline uh, beat Stephen Moffat to this <laughs> this kind of story mm-hmm. by like ten years. No, mm-hmm. not quite ten years, like five years. Um, but yeah, I just think that's interesting because yeah, this is like two thousand one. Wouldn't that be ten years though? Because Matt's. Oh no, yeah. Because no. when did Girl in the Fireplace air? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. See, I always forget. I always forget about Girl in the Fireplace. You literally talked about it earlier, <laughs> like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> It's just in one ear out the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. They have the horse, though. Mickey the horse. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, Madame de Pompadour. Yeah. Very true. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, we kind of get, like, the scope of the Hellfire Club in this. Mm-hmm. Because when we get back to the doctors, like, yeah, they're, like, not as popular. Oh, um. So I'm I'm not. This is. Did you guys notice how they uh, Charlie references Benjamin Franklin as being a president? A president, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's part of uh, that's part of the ongoing story of this. Oh, is that like her continuity? Yeah. So like, like Spider Verse. So, so like, right. So like, well, so like he plucked her out of time, and the ramifications of that are is that history is changing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like all around, all through oh. time, not just from her period forward, but also backward. Yeah. Yeah. But so, he like, like the... goes along with it though. Like he he doesn't question it when she says the American president. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, that's right. You bet you could be interesting when you're president then." He was a mm-hmm. magician, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Well, cuz he says he says also later he was she was like, you know, after uh Gra- 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 How Grail? do you say his No, no, no. Not Grail. His younger self had oh. like a different name. Uh... It was like Grail. <laughs> The la- yeah, it was literally like that. It was because it's spelled Roman? differently too. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. the young Roman version is yeah, like yeah. G-R-A-L-A-E. Mm-hmm. And then his his older version is like Grail, which also I, you know, it's a super obvious name for what he is, but I really, I respected it. Yeah. Being called like Grail. Like the Holy Grail. <laughs> like the fucking like the Grail. <laughs> I think that that was fun. Uh, the doctor gets stabbed a lot in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does. He throws somebody off. He throws him off of a off a castle, um, or a bridge. Loses his shirt a couple times. I um yeah, I think that was also the thing that I was just like, "Uh, I don't know why you're questioning this really. Um, because when the doctor has like um that crisis of like faith, like I wanted to kill him, like I hated him, and I'm just like, how many people have you killed, doctor? Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I I know not this specific doctor, but whenever the I don't know, especially with like classic doctors, whenever they like get all, I don't know, weird about, because the doctor is like literally, you know, because we just watched like a sixth doctor episode and like people have guns and stuff in that one, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I told, I don't know if I told you this cast, but I, I was rewatching um, Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar mm-hmm. and no spoilers for that, but you know, the doctor is faced with this like, do you dare kill this entire race doctor and like he has mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um but yeah when the young version of grail uh finds out about old version of grail and he's like this dude sucks mm-hmm. i'm gonna kill him mm-hmm. uh and then by killing him it like erases him from time and then charlie is like my brain is weird now mm-hmm. it's all like soup like i remember some things from when he existed but they also don't feel real and now i'm remembering other things that never happened mm-hmm. and and it's all soup and crazy the and i think was that, like, that good, yes i think that has to do with the ben franklin oh, okay thing where it's like 
It's like that's what's happening to the doctor, I think, is what we learn. Oh, okay. Later is like he starts to realize that his brain is soup and it's because of Charlie. <laughs> Franklin wasn't the president. Yeah. Yeah. I think stuff like that starts happening. So what's the deal with evil Charlie? Um, we'll find out. Uh, I, I just I really like that this episode is like it's like, hey, you're watching a serialized thing, just so you know. Like, I know. You're not used to that with Doctor Who. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. cool. I liked it. They they started doing like heavy serialization before New Who started, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Man, parkour, Paul, Paul Cornell, parkour Cornell should. He should have. Uh, why was he ever in the conversation to take over after Moffat? Was he? Uh, no, because I don't think he's ever showrun anything before. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's the key is they have to have showrun something. Wow, has um, he? written what's what's his post to career been like uh comics for a long time wrote for marvel comics wrote for dc a little bit uh and then i think he's just been doing novels oh cool um and an occasional like mini series and stuff like that um fun. yeah he wrote some like excalibur i think for a while the 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 british um the British X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Excalibur. <laughs> uh, I get it. Yeah. Whatever. With like Black Knight and, yeah, Excalibur. Uh, with like Black Knight and uh, some other characters. He did that for a while. I think he wrote he wrote some Batman for a while, I think, if mm. I'm remembering correctly. Um, but not like the main, the main book, like the side book. Um, he never, uh, he never really quite took off in comics. But he was working steadily for a while, for like a solid like five or six years. He was mm-hmm. writing a lot of comics. Um, and I think that was all from uh, Doctor Who fans. In fact, I want to say Dan Slott got him the job because Dan Slott's a massive Doctor Who fan. Mm. Uh, so much so that uh, he, his Silver Surfer run is literally just Doctor Who. Yes. It's just, yeah. it's just Silver Surfer picks up a companion and they go on crazy <laughs> cosmic adventures. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. I've read the first trade, mm-hmm. and it was really fun. Yeah, he he has like kind of he, he is actually kind of eighth doctor because there's something very like romantic mm-hmm. and like sweeping mm-hmm. and like even he makes a joke about it. Or he's like kind of prone to monologues a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I I yeah, I don't think he's ever showrun anything, which is probably why he was never in the in the conversation. Sure. Um. But uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the Chibnall thing is interesting because I just like in retrospect, I just think about like we're now two seasons into this. And I was like, was this his plan? Was this like what he was wanting to do with the character when he got on board? Like, is this what he pitched to the BBC of like, I'm going to we're going to go into the yeah behind the hood. Right, right. Go into the weeds and really like re-explore like what makes this character tick and everything um i'm wondering if that was part of his pitch that that that's what he wanted to do or if he's finding that as he goes along because season two does feel so much different than season one mm-hmm. um of of his version of the show not <laughs> eccleson to tenet which doesn't really feel that different um but yeah i don't know uh it, it, it's it's interesting um all of that does the serialization that that gets kind of hinted at continue on into the next story I don't know if it continues on to the very next story, but I know that it, you know, we have that Dalek story coming up in two okay. stories from now. Cool. Um, I think the next one is called Embrace of Evil, um, which is uh, uh, pretty metal. Oh, one um, thing that I love when. Yeah, embrace the when... darkness. Sorry. Even more metal. <laughs> right. One thing I love <laughs> when, when things do is when they say the title of the thing in the thing. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, he said the thing, which is like the most unnaturalistic dialogue ever. But I was like so enamored with the fact that he said the title of the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very I liked in the context. It was very like comic book, film, like scammy, like, oh, you've you've given me countless seasons of fear. Mm-hmm. living." Mm-hmm. Kind of like Scott said, like, yo, this dude's been around for like a minute. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was a part where Charlie told the doctor that so such and such didn't give him license to meddle. And it occurred to me that License to Metal could be, like, the name of a Doctor Who story. <laughs> li- 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 and License to Metal is an al- is the first album from Embrace the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> License to Metal. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, see, there were some fun moments in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of if there's anything else in here. I like uh, the Doctor's conversation about immortality and about how he prefers his version of immortality versus Grail's, where, like, Grail stays the same person and never changes his point of view or perspective um for 1400 years whereas like he's constantly dying and regenerating and changing perspective and personality and he's like i think it gives you like a like a like a better outlook on the world and i thought that was like kind of an interesting way to look at regenerations and yeah the way he said that like time is just piled on top of him right and the way that he pitied him right i, th- I thought like oh this is a cool doctor moment where it's like every time he regenerates he's like yeah it sucks because i stopped being you know Me. this person but also, I get to lose all of that baggage. Yeah. You know, the baggage I get to let, I get to start over, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool. I think um, the um, the character that Maisie Williams plays in the Capaldi era is kind of oh, like a weird yeah. fusion of those two things where, like, yeah. she, like, yeah. literally can't remember, like, large swaths of her life because she's immortal. And so, like, it is kind of like, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. It's kind of like a compromise between like regeneration and like whatever the hell this guy went through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shielder is a really interesting character. I'm that's one of the I don't know, like I, I appreciate the clean cut that happens when you change showrunners, but mm-hmm. that's such a that would be a, a great big finish get is like a Maisie Williams a Shielder series. That would be huge. Um that'd be I think I feel like that would be tough for them. <laughs> uh, but that would be that would be amazing. Maisie Williams sure. with Jenna Coleman. Yeah. As they're like yeah. bopping around in their TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, And then Bill shows up. Did, did <laughs> you, did you, did, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. So, so, um, uh, some, some guy wrote a, wrote an article and a literally just some guy, like it's not anything official, but he was like asking, he was posing the question of like, what if, you know, it sounds like Chibnall is struggling with getting a full season out every year, right? Like it it's 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 tough for him. And I mean, you know, you look at Broadchurch and it's like, yeah, Broadchurch came out like every like two or three years or something and it was sure. like three seasons. Um and so uh and it was like, you know, three episodes the, the quality level dipped every yeah. season on top of that. Um granted it feels like it's going in the opposite direction with Doctor Who. Um uh, but he still uh seems to be struggling in terms of getting a whole season out. The episode Numbers are shrinking each season, you know, sure. stuff like that. Those are the factors for right, sure. But. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, absolutely. With the, uh, yeah. But, but, but <laughs> uh, you know, but, but it's still, it's still, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's still been a, a thing that for people sure. have noticed. And so um, somebody was posing the question, like, what if, like, what if, like, we, you just, like, swapped eight and, and 13, like, where you went back and forth, where it was like, Doctor Who is on the air, but it's. Eight Doctor Adventures for like a season of Eight Doctor Adventures, like a spinoff, but you're just following another Doctor, and then you go back to thirteen, like the next year or whatever, and therefore like Chibnall has time to like perfect the season that he's working on mm-hmm. because someone else is, is still putting Doctor Who out on the air. Mm-hmm. I would love like a five six episode like Ruth Doctor miniseries. Oh yeah, that would mm-hmm. be cool too for sure. Um just to find more stuff about well kind of similar to like if you look at what marvel or star wars are doing yeah where you have these shows that are taking place in in different corners of this big universe that we have and the audience understands like okay this is the doctor totally but i know this is ruth and this is a different character and i want to i she's really freaking cool so i want to see a cool little mini adventure that she goes on like a mini series Mm -hmm. yeah yeah or like a shielder yeah um, but apparently in this article that I was reading and granted, it was just this article that I was reading. Oh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't dig too deep into this, but yeah. I think it's interesting. The idea of it, apparently there was a, uh, so like when Moffat and, uh, Matt Smith were like waffling back and forth in terms of like regenerating him. Right. Where like Matt Smith was like, I kind of don't want to do this. Like it's taking up a lot of my time. I want to like explore the roles and stuff. And so as they were like waffling back and forth on that, BBC apparently suggested like, hey, what would you think about bringing the 10th Doctor back and having them like alternate episodes so that they're both only doing half a season? And like for a while, like David Tennant was on board, was like, yeah, I'd come back to do that. Sure. 
And they were like thinking about maybe doing it and then ultimately went with the 12th Doctor instead. Mm -hmm. But like apparently that was like a thing that was up in the air. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but do you guys remember that rumor that 11 was going to regenerate back into 10? Because he was at the end of, they were were saying like, oh, he's at the end of his timeline, his lives. And so he's going to regenerate backwards now. What? And regenerate back into being 10. Weird. Um, yeah. Crazy. I remember that being a rumor and me rolling my eyes and being like, wow, that's so stupid. But uh, apparently it might have had a basis in something. Yeah. Um, they just didn't understand what they were talking about <laughs> specifically. I don't know. Yeah. In the aftermath of the Timeless Children, it feels like that's never been more of like a natural extension. Yeah. If you are going to blow up the universe to where like it doesn't matter what the number is anymore. Yeah. Then like. It's like bopping around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And doing something like we've been talking about being able to do like a Jules Verne series. Yeah. Or like this or that. Or or uh, one thing that we've talked about before of like just doing a season where every episode is some filmmaker writer yeah, like Peter Jackson perfect idea of Doctor Who they cast their doctor they cast their companion and then they go on like the perfect adventure and it's just one episode and it's like yeah. an, a six episode anthology yeah. series mm-hmm. where each episode is a different doctor with a different companion ran by a different like showrunner yeah like a Jane Goldman penned episode yeah that'd be cool <laughs> especially where like nothing makes sense and nothing matters anymore <laughs> with the show after like post timeless children where it's just like yeah i mean <laughs> who knows where in the timeline ruth exists you know mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah yeah we don't know we don't even know where she exists as the doctor mm-hmm. um is it is it afterwards is it before I, I um and i think that that's i think that's really interesting um i don't know i i, I read that today and i was like wow that's so weird like the eighth the idea of doing the eighth doctor was interesting on its own, like an interesting, just like thought experiment. Mm-hmm. But then, like thinking about the, the idea of like the ten eleven season, and like then you talking about the root thing. It's like it's I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, also, the anthology thing would be cool because they're obviously running out of people to show run Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Like they're running out of people with show running experience. Bringing in people who've never show run to do one episode is way different than doing a whole series. So you could almost use it as like showrunner boot camp. Yeah. Of like, oh, who does this the best? Like a mm-hmm. proof of then concept become... thing. Right, yeah. right. And then they could become like the next showrunner. Sort yeah, similar to how like again, kind of if you look at someone like Marvel or Star something like Marvel, an entity like that, mm-hmm. where you have these individuals like James Gunn or John Watts or that are like, hey, this person not everyone does, but this person seems to work really well in this machine we've built. Mm-hmm. Let's let's like keep them in the family. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't know. It feels like whenever we talk about the show, we're like, we we love the show. But it's getting it's getting long in the tooth and the old the way that's been working since oh five doesn't seem to be working anymore. Mm-hmm. To the extent of making the show as popular as it can be. Right. You right. know, if that's the goal. Right. Um, I mean, I think I think it's the goal for every show, right? Mm-hmm. You would hope. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. like, you know, not to say that the sh- I wouldn't, you know, there's been really interesting stuff and cool stuff being done with the Jodie Whittaker era, sure. but nothing seems to result in like big boffo ratings. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I, I almost think that the, that the problem, the issue is just that, like, I don't know what I don't know why Chibnall is the guy writing the first female doctor. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. it's like, if it was like a female showrunner, if it was Jane Goldman writing the first female doctor, I feel like that would inherently be more exciting. Yeah. And it kind of speaks to like the limits that it seems from the outside looking in that the BBC and doctor who have put on themselves, Mm -hmm. the kind of talent that they do reach out to. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're back in the John Nathan Turner era of like BBC being like, no one else can show run this because they're like, it's too crazy. (laughs) Um, And so like no one else is capable. It's just John Nathan Turner. Um, oh, I do want a, a, a special uh, Doctor Who shout out um, for those of you who uh, are curious. So Russell T. Davies has a new show on HBO Max called It's a Sin um, about the AIDS crisis, about a group of uh, gay friends and, and the AIDS crisis and everything. It's really, really, really sad. I've never cried more in uh, watching a show than mm-hmm. that. But it's very therapeutic crying. It's like I love those characters to pieces. It was like it was like uh, an incredible thing. But. One of the one of the characters is an actor and gets a gig as a as a, a guest star on an episode of Doctor Who. And so there's a there's a scene that takes place like 
on the set of Doctor Who in the 80s. Oh my wow. god. And and there's like a sign that says like that he's like passing and the sign is like is like hold for JNT. Like <laughs> oh whoa. And I was like, "Oh my god. That's cool." <laughs> well done, RTD. Yeah. Um really uh really really cool. So uh I don't know. I recommend I definitely recommend the show. Um but, definitely but, really great things. But definitely prepare to be sad. Yeah. It's really sad. Do we want to talk about the uh bit of Stephen Moffat news that came up? Oh yeah, earlier? while we're at it, sure. While we're talking about showrunners, <laughs> showrunners doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Stephen Moffat's going to be is he showrunning or just writing? Producing? Uh, both. I mean, yeah. Both? Right? Well, well, I mean, you know, I don't know cuz like it's british so the showrunner concept is different yeah i was about to say like is this an american production or is it like i a... think it's british because sue is producing it okay so his sue his wife yeah uh, yeah, yeah uh, an adaptation of the time traveler's wife mm-hmm. which was a novel yep and then it was a movie with rachel mcadams mm-hmm. and uh hector from troy <laughs> <laughs> thought i thought the noise was gonna be hulk um <laughs> No, even better. It's not. It's greatest uh, role. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, it's going to star uh, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones and uh, presumably the male lead from the Divergent movies. Is that is that he's the male lead? Yeah, he's like the uh, the Edward, the uh, oh, the PETA. Okay. <laughs> what a time. What, a, what an era. Right? PETA. Fiction. Man, each one just got a little bit worse. Um, each one just got a little more vague. Yeah, a little more a little more vague. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um Yeah, I don't know about him. That that feels weird, but but I you know, who knows? Uh it's entirely possible that he could turn it on its head and gender flip it and make her the time traveler and him like and the, the wife. The the wife, yeah. Um, which would be cool. I would be into yeah. that. And uh, and Scott made a reference on the Discord about how this is like another adaptation of Girl in the Fireplace to bring yep. it full circle. Mm. Yep. He's, he's just been trying to adapt Time Traveler's Wife his whole career on Doctor Who. That's all he's been trying to do. Rose um, Leslie would be like a bomb doctor. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, she oh, would man. be so good. That'd be great. She would be. Really there you go. Good. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be really good. I uh, I I uh, I also want to say that there is. Um, let's see. The actress who is in. Um, it's a sin. Uh, and I say actress because she's one of the only ones because it's uh, uh, male It used to be the yeah. Originally, the the title of the show was boys, and which is a better title, especially when you get to the end and get like the whole picture. Boys was definitely a better title, um, but uh, they couldn't call it that because of the boys on, uh, on Amazon. Most so they had to change world. it to "It's a Sin." Uh, Lydia West, who plays the character Jill Baxter in "It's uh, It's a Sin," I want her to be a companion so bad. She is like, oh, cool, a perfect Doctor Who companion. Um, she's so good. She was in this. She was in his previous series, Years and Years, which I also watched, which was excellent. Um, and, uh, and then she was in Stephen Moffat's, uh, Dracula adaptation. She played Lucy, um, in, in that. Wow. So like. She's circling. She's, yeah. She's like, she's worked with like the two previous Doctor Who, like, <laughs> head writers. Yeah. She just needs to be on Broadchurch. Yeah. Um, too late for that. It's like a juror. God. A rural yeah. juror. <laughs> but yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's excellent. And I really, really want her nice. to be, uh, to be, uh. To be a Doctor Who companion um, after Dan leaves, you mean? Right, of course. Uh, after after Dan leaves, <sighs> I don't even know that she would necessarily be a good companion for thirteen. Um, for thirteen, I feel like I would want to save her for like a fresh start on like four with fourteen. Yeah, which I'm personally convinced. Um, sorry, we're going we're going way off the rails with this one because <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're done, day. and and yeah. we don't want to give you guys like half an episode. Mm-hmm. He kills um, himself because he doesn't want to be evil. Yeah, he kills he kills himself, and then everybody forgets that he ever existed, and, <laughs> and, and then he goes back to being like a good a good little boy in in Rome, uh, I guess in Rome. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, I um, what was I thinking of? Uh, oh, oh, oh! I was thinking about uh, fourteen and how like they're they're going to be like on the look for fourteen. Even though Jesus, they haven't officially weird. said that she's regenerating. Yeah, but. I, I think like everyone is sort of working under the assumption that like it's just so weird hearing you say fourteen. Right? Yeah. 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 Um so it doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. Uh it never does. It always feels like they just started. 
Mm-hmm. Like 10 is the only 10 and 11 are the only two that I was like, get out of here. All right. It's time. <laughs> Wrap it up, old man. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Like when 12 regenerated, I was like, wow, already? I feel like we barely got to know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now 13 is like, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's that it's because like we it took time to get to know them. Yeah. Whereas yeah. 10 and 11 were like right out the bat. Yeah. They're hot. They got great hair. Yeah. They're tiny. Let's do um, this. I, but yeah, my, my theory is that, because I think, I think it would be the right way to go, would be that um, with the 14th Doctor, if they go with a male Doctor again, but they go with like a male person of color, mm-hmm. I think that would be dope. I think that'd be like a really cool, like, sure, like, yeah. okay, we're going to, we're going to switch it up again. Well, one actor, if the pattern holds true, because Missy. Mm-hmm. Was a woman before the doctor was, right. and then the right. master was a person of color before the doctor is. So right. we'll see. The doctor's always, the yeah, doctor's yeah. always like one step behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I really want um, Raul Kali, uh, who is like used a lot as like a lot of like fan castings of characters. You see him get thrown around for Reed Richards a lot mm. um, and things like that. Uh, but I, I think. Having watched iZombie, he was like the doctor, the coroner on iZombie um, and like her like BFF, the main character's BFF on the show. Uh, He's like really charismatic and funny and like he's got like got big goofball energy, but he can be serious when he needs to be like he's kind of got the perfect doctor vibe. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think he would be like really, really good for that. Um, but uh, I think Tom Holland should be the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even say it. Well, if you hear him talk about it, he shouldn't have even been Nathan Drake. Um, <laughs> what, was he, what was that mean? He's talking about like not liking it. Yeah, yeah. He oh, was really? Like, yeah, he was talking about. He was like, yeah, I think I messed up. Oh no. Yeah. He's like, I think it was. I think I think it was bad. I don't know. I don't. And he's like, I do. I don't. He's like, I don't, I don't like what I did on it. I don't, I'm, I'm regretting having done it. Well, he's a um, smart young man. He's probably right. Yeah. And he's like, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it, tur- what it turns out to. But he's like, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it. Mm. And I was like, wow, they, they really can't keep this kid's mouth shut. Can they? <laughs> <laughs> not about spoilers, not about opinions. Um, Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's his generation, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, man. Um, seasons of fear seasons of fear uh i don't know it's good um it's good it's not great but it's a it fun is, time it charlie's solid. really yeah it's yeah. solid yeah. yeah charlie's just such a fun companion i could see a lot of our listeners really digging charlie charlie's good uh it's just that in my mind she just always compared like comparing it in my head to lucy miller and i just i love okay yeah, I don't have that yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't I know. either. I, 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 God, I love her so much. I love her so much. <laughs> like Lisa Miller. Yeah, true. Uh, Lucy Miller's the best. Lucy Bleeding Miller. Um, anyway, I'm excited to get to that point. Uh, all right. Well, is that it? Are we done here? I think so. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, next week, we are back at it with New Who. Talking about uh, the empty child and the doctor dances. Jack Harkness. Mm -hmm. Stephen Moffat. Speaking of Jack Harkness. um, Speaking of LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Very true. Although in that is is that in that one or do they try to present him as straight in that? I think no, because he flirts with Rose in that one. And then like Russell T is like, give me that. I'm going to write him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You idiot. The man is gay. Right? Have you seen him? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, that should be that should be a fun conversation. I haven't watched that one in a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely the Captain Jack episode I've watched the least. Mm. Maybe even the Moffat episode I've watched the least. Yeah, I think it's the Moffat one that I've watched the least. That That isn't like, you know. I don't know. Doctor's wife or something. <laughs> sure. One that actively hurts us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actively. The wedding oh, you of mean, Rumi you Song. Me pain. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think you said doctor's wife, but I think you meant wedding. Wedding of Rumi Rumi Song. Oh, yes. Right. And wedding I even know Song. what you meant. Yes. I... Yes. You're right. Yeah. Wedding of Rumi Song is what I meant. <laughs> uh, I would love. <sighs> I, I want a I novelization of doctor's wife so bad. By Neil Gaiman. Oh, oh. that would be so good. He would never do that, if, though. If you wrote one of those little Target books. Yeah. I don't think he would ever waste his time doing that, though, unfortunately. 
but I would love that. That would be amazing. Absolutely. Especially if you read like an audiobook version. Hello. Because they have audiobook versions. Uh, the actress who plays Jackie, I think, reads The Rose oh. adaptation that Russell T. Davies wrote. Oh, nice. Yeah, there are a few. Yeah. There's a few audiobooks on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're all Big Finish audios, though. Mm-hmm. Um, audiobooks. Mm. Big Finish produced audiobooks. Uh, once you get past Zagreus, I think, in the Big Finish stuff, then it just becomes super spotty and it's just random, it feels like. What's up there? There's like another 50 stories, but they're all random. Oh, it's like all... more of a grab bag? Yeah, it's more of a grab bag after the first 50. Because mm. um, I think the first season of Fourth Doctor is up there. That's cool. Like his adventures. Yeah. Um, and that just came out like a couple of years ago. So that was weird. Um, anyway. Mm. All right. Exciting episode of The Doctor's Companion. Yeah. Uh, Empty Child, Doctor Dances, Are You My Mummy, Gas Mask Kid, mm-hmm. that whole deal. Yeah, coming next week. Just uh, this don't forget once. to head on over to Dueling. Everybody or, oh, lives. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, just this once. Uh, head on over to duelinggenre.com slash support. Mm-hmm. Become a Patreon subscriber. Help us out for as little as $1 a month. You get access to our archive podcast. For $3 a month, you get everything else. And uh, we're trying to get 100 Patreon subscribers so that we can get a spinoff show. And that spinoff show could be a Doctor Who show. It's true. It's very true. We've only got four episodes left this season of uh, Long Way Around before we take a, a little break. Um, hopefully a little break. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, if you want if you want something in the meantime, uh, that might be maybe we could do like a spinoff or something during the hiatus um, if we hit that goal. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. Could happen. <laughs> maybe. Uh, let us, let us, uh, let us know, uh, if that's something that you want by becoming a Patreon supporter, duelinggenre.com slash support. Um, we do Dueling Genre tonight. It's like a news show, an entertainment news show each week. We do Dueling Genre Versus, which I think by the time you're hearing this is now talking about Batman, the animated series. Um, and also we do movies, uh, the three of us, along with our, our good friend, Gary Roby are talking about. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. <laughs> Woohoo! All that's, three hours of it. That's on there. We're going to talk about, you know, and, and then and then Zack Snyder's Justice League later so that we can talk about Cass's favorite character, yeah. Spikey. My Spikey potential boy. favorite character. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but he's shiny. And he, he is and he's shiny. Sharp. He's a spiky boy. He's and shiny. He hasn't been hugged in a sad. thousand years. <laughs> Very true. Um, Just wants Dark Side to be proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Night seven. Bye.